Let us pray. Holy Father, we do thank You once again for Your Word. Help us as we endeavor to study it, to ascertain as much as we can from it, and contend for it as given to us in Your Word. Once again, we recognize that there are enemies of the Gospel, there are enemies of the Word, there are enemies of Christ, there are enemies of You, as well as enemies of God's people. But we thank You that in the end You are going to prevail. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. And we pray that as we live out our lives upon this earth, that You would bless us to be faithful to the Word. In Jesus' name, Amen. We come to this part in verse 6 where He talks about Water and blood. Water and blood. This is He that came by water and blood. This, the general consensus, is that this is speaking of His baptism, that being the water part, and the blood regarding the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. In John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, and verse 14, we find... The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then in our passage in 1 John 5 and in verse 8, And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. It should go without saying that the Gospel, the redemptive work of Christ, the person of Christ, 
in all things relating to the salvation of God are in agreement. I will not try to go into explaining all of that other than the fact that God in His truth and in His person are in agreement and there are no contradictions. Some things appear to be contradictory, but they are not. And uh, we don't want to go into some of the hard sayings of the Scriptures and things of that nature and try to show some things where they uh, can be reconciled by looking at various passages of Scripture. But it should be enough that the water and the blood and the Spirit are in agreement. And the prophecies concerning... Let's look at some passages regarding the water. uh, Christ coming by the water. First of all, in Isaiah chapter 40, we see the prophecy in uh, Isaiah 40 and 3, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. We see this in, well, I'll just read Matthew. In Matthew chapter 3, we see the fulfillment of this. Verse 1, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Esaias, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. Prepare ye the way of the Lord and make His path straight. Now if we, we could read from Mark and Luke, but I also want to read from John concerning this. John chapter 1. And we know that John the Baptist came and he came and he was preaching repentance and baptizing and so on. But in John chapter 1, I want to take up in verse 19. We'll see this quoted, Isaiah that is, in uh, verse 22 and 23. 
But I want us to see some of the context to show how this is connected with the water. And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem and asked him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? In other words, are you Elijah? Because the last prophecy of the Old Testament was talking about Elijah coming. And he said, He saith, I am not. Now, John did come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. But he said, I'm not Elijah. Art thou that prophet? In Deuteronomy 18, Moses said that God would raise up a prophet like unto him. So this is what they were referring, referring to. They said, well, you're not the Christ. Are you Elijah? No, I'm not Elijah. Are you that prophet? Are you the one that Moses talked about? And he answered, no. Then uh, he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet as, as said, the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. But there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who cometh after me is preferred before me. For whose shoe latches I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethabara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world." This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him, and I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining upon on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. So you can see here that uh, our Lord came, He came by water. He was baptized. He showed Himself, and this is how John recognized Him as one that came by 
water, and John said that the uh, that the Spirit not only uh, descended upon him, but that he uh, testified that uh, that that Jesus was the Son of God by coming and descending upon him. So you see the water and the Spirit even working together there. Also in John chapter 5, John chapter 5, picking up at verse 30. I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. So Jesus, here we're still talking about uh, the witness, and we're going to see that Jesus is going to show that the witness of the water by being baptized by John is part of this witness that uh, that we see from First John uh, chapter uh, chapter five. Remember that we said that the witness is the witness of the water, blood, and Spirit. And that is a witness that is on earth. We saw that from John chapter 5 and read that this morning. And we're looking at some of these earthly witnesses, some of these earthly witnesses of Christ coming and how He's identified with the water and the blood. Picking up in verse 31. I don't think I read that. If I did, I'll read it again. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that beareth witness of me. And I know that the witness which he witnesseth of me is true. He sent unto John... And he bear witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say that ye might be saved. He was a burning and a shining light, and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than that of John. See, he's talking about John being a witness. And John was a witness of Christ at His baptism. The witness. For the works which the Father hath given Me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of Me that the Father hath sent Me. Now, that can refer to His redemption. In other words, we said that these two witnesses 
of water and blood have to do with His baptism and His redemptive work. And Jesus is talking about these witnesses, these earthly witnesses that He is who He said He is. Verse 37, And the Father... Him, I don't. Did I read all of thirty-six? If not, I'll read it again. But I have a. But I have greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. And the Father Himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard His voice at any time, nor seen His shape. And ye have not His word abiding in you, for whom He hath sent, Him ye believe not. Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, but they are they which testify of Me. And ye will not come to Me, that ye might have life. All right? Back in uh, the first chapter of John, which we read already, but I'll read it again, verse 33. And I knew him not, John said, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And even in Matthew chapter 3, we see this same testimony. Verse 17. After he was baptized, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So we see time, time and time again, this witness, this earthly witness, that Jesus came by water. I like what John Gill said. He said, The ordinance, he was talking about this verse, the ordinance of water baptism is designed, and though Christ did not come baptizing with water, He having a greater baptism to administer, yet that He might be made manifest, John came baptizing in that way, and Christ as the Son of God came, or was made manifest by John as such, at the waters of Jordan, and at His baptism. There He was declared to be the Son of God by His Father's voice from heaven. So we see that the, at the baptism of Jesus, we have a witness. Witness. And what is it that John was saying back in uh, 1 John 5, 6? And this is He that came by water, and blood, even Jesus Christ, 
not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. And then in verse uh, 8, And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. So you have this trilogy of a witness on earth. And though we're getting ahead of ourselves, we'll see that this is vitally connected to verse 7, where there is a trilogy of witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And those three are one. They don't just agree. They do agree, but they are one. And to, to take out 1 John 5, 7 is to particularly where it said Well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but many of the, the so-called scholars, they don't want to take the whole verse of First John, of verse 7 out, just the last part. And if you did that, look how it would read. For there are three that bear record in heaven, and there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit the water and the blood and these three agree in one. That doesn't make any sense. But if you read with the last part in there, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. There's the three that bear record in heaven. See, if you leave that out, it doesn't say who the witness is in heaven. Then it says there are three that bear record on earth, and that is the, the, the blood, the water, and the Spirit. So even to, uh, to leave that part out in 1 John 5-7, it doesn't even give continuity to the overall context. But we'll attempt that as we get further. That the blood is a testimony of Christ being who He is. Look in John 19. The Gospel of John. Here's a witness at the redemptive work of Christ. Verse 33, But when they, that is the soldiers, came to Jesus, that is, they were going to break His legs, and saw that He was dead already, they, spake, they break not His legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear 
pierced his side, and forthwith there came out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record. There's the witness. And this record is true. And he knoweth that he saith, and, and he knoweth that he saith true that ye might believe. In other words, that Christ's death was a witness of the and a testimony of him coming as the Son of God. Even in Mark chapter 15, verse 37. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. And when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried and gave up the ghost, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. So we see that not only at the baptism of Jesus at the water, there was testimony after testimony that Jesus was the Son of God. At His death, there was the record and the testimony or the witness that Jesus is the Son of God. And this is what First John 5, 6 is saying. This is He Remember verse 5 in 1 John 5? Who is he that cometh into the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. The Son of God. This is he. This is the Son of God that came by water and by blood, even Jesus Christ. So we see this testimony. You say, well... It didn't say witness there. It didn't. It does say in the latter part, and it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. But then in verse 7, excuse me, verse 8, there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood. We see that the Holy Spirit gave testimony of Christ even at His baptism. The Father gave testimony of Christ. John gave testimony of Christ. Jesus said these were witnesses of Him that came by water. And the same thing when He came by blood. Furthermore, I'll quote again from John Gill. He said, The sense is, that is, by the blood, that as at baptism, so at His sufferings and death, He was made manifest to be the Son of God, as He was to the centurion and others that were with Him when they observed the earthquake and the things that were done at His, uh, at his resurrection from the dead, 
He was declared to be the Son of God with power, and this might be seen in the cleansing and atoning virtue of His blood, which is owing to His being the Son of God. Now, I could have gotten quotes from many other commentators and so on, but as I said before, the general consensus of the <coughs> excuse me of the commentators is that it, this is talking about his water baptism and his redemptive work concerning water and blood. Gill went on to say. There may be here an allusion to the water and blood which came out of his side when pierced on the cross, which thus this the Apostle John was an eyewitness. But it seems unnecessary. In other words, uh, some thinks it's talking about the water and the blood only that came out of his side at, the, at, the, uh, at, at his crucifixion though most generally think it's talked about not just the water that came out of his side, but the baptism. In other words, we, we saw plenty of verses that testified that at his baptism, Jesus, it was witnessed that he was the Son of God. The Son of God. And we also saw that the, the Spirit was involved in it. And the Spirit also is a witness. Now, this word witness is where it's also the translated record uh, in verse 7 of 1 John 5, for there are three that bear record in heaven or that bear witness in heaven. And it's the same as the word witness in verse 8. And it, this word is used some 80 times in the New Testament. But it's where we get our English word martyr. Because a martyr was one who was a faithful witness of Jesus Christ. Obviously, we won't take the time to look at a lot of verses, though that would be a rich study in and of itself. But how is it that the, the Spirit also bear witness of Christ? We've seen the water. We've seen the blood. Let's look at some verses for the Spirit. John 14. John 14. Verse 16, Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, 
because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And then dropping down to verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. In other words, the Holy Spirit is a witness of Jesus Christ to the people of God. But turn to the 15th chapter of John. The last two verses, 26 and 27. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. Now notice the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to testify of Christ, is to witness of Christ. And then in chapter 16, in verse 13, Howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth, for He shall not speak of Himself. But whatsoever He shall hear, uh, hear that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. So the testimony of the Holy Spirit is to do what? Speak of Christ. Speak of Christ. Several years ago, there was much to do among the charismatics and they would have their worship services and talk about that they had the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit this and the Holy Spirit that. And they were filled with the Spirit and they had the Spirit and it was just all about the Spirit. Well, if it had been the Spirit of Christ, if it had been the Holy Spirit, he would not have testified to himself. See, that's what it says here. When the Comforter is come, he shall testify of me. That's 1526. Jesus said that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to witness to Jesus Christ. These are the three witnesses on earth that testifies of Christ. The fruit of the work of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at that somewhat. 
First of all, in Romans chapter 8. How can we evaluate? How can we testify that it is a work of the Holy Spirit? Well, we've already given one in the fact that it always... He always testifies of Christ. But in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, the Spirit itself or Himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Holy Spirit bears witness. We've already seen without question that the baptism of Jesus was a witness. We've seen that His redemptive work was a witness. We see that the Holy Spirit is a witness. And here we see specifically that the Holy Spirit is a witness unto us. The Spirit beareth witness with our spirit. What is it that John said? He said there are three that bear witness in the earth. The Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. The redemptive work of Christ, the baptismal work of Christ, the redemptive work of the, I mean, the witnessing work of the Holy Spirit is only in the heart of the children of God. Verse 23 of Romans 8. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. The Holy Spirit is testifying of that. Verse 26, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself maketh intercession for us with groaning, which cannot be uttered. Beloved, the Holy Spirit of God works within the heart of God's children, testifying of the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 1. Here we see the sealing work of the Holy Spirit. Verse 22, Who hath sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit in our heart. Chapter 5 and verse 5 of Second Corinthians, Now He that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. That earnest money is a seal, it's a testimony, the fact that we are 
the children of God and a witness that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. There's that earnest again. Ephesians 4.30 And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. And even back in 1 John chapter 4 and verse uh, 13, whereby know we that we dwell in Him and He in us. How do we know we dwell in God and God in us? What's that witness? Because He has given us of His Spirit. Given us of His Spirit. I'll run the risk of being tedious by quoting from Gill again concerning the Spirit by which we may by which may be meant either the gospel which Pierce thinks with regard to John 6.63, which is the Spirit that gives life and is so called because by it the Spirit of God in His gifts and graces is received and which is a testimony of the person as well of the offices and grace of Christ or rather those miraculous works which Christ did by the Spirit to which he often appeals as witnesses of his divine sonship and equally with the Father as well as of being the true Messiah. Gill is saying some maintains that the Spirit is talking about the gospel and all of its work. He says it's either that or the Holy Spirit, which I would lean toward the latter, who bore testimony to Christ by His descent on Him at His baptism, and upon His apostles in the day of Pentecost, and by attending, succeeding, and confirming the gospel, which is the testimony of Him. And He is elsewhere as well as here in the context spoken of as a witness of Christ. And then He gives Acts 5, and 32, which I'll read that quickly. Peter and John said, And we are witnesses of these things, and so also is the Holy Ghost. In other words, the Holy Ghost is a witness whom God has given to them that obey Him. So you can see that however you look at this, that is the Spirit, is it the Spirit as 
being manifested in the gospel or is it the spirit in his work otherwise uh, either way it, they're going to complement each other but we see that the water of his baptism the redemptive work and also the work of the Holy Spirit, whether it's through the gospel or other ways, they agree in one. They agree in one. They do not contradict each other. And you can see the continuity of these three on earth with the three in heaven, Father, Word, and Holy Ghost, which are one. Again, Gil says, In their testimony of Christ, the Word and ordinances agree together, and the sum and substance of them is Christ. They come from Him and center in Him. They are like the cherubim over the mercy seat that look to one another and to that. And the two ordinances are the... Uh, uh, churches two breasts which are equal and like to one another there is a great agreement between them and they are uh, they are like two young rows that are twins and Pierce said that is in one and the same testimony and witnesses Barnes said Albert Barnes they agree in one thing they bear on one and the same point to wit the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. All are appointed by God as witnesses of this fact and all harmonize in the testimony which is born. In speaking of the Spirit bearing testimony with the water and blood, even Robert Candish said, therefore their testimony is inseparable from that of the Spirit for it is not in or by themselves, but only in and with the Spirit that the water and the blood are or can be witnesses at all. So again, by way of summary, this is He, verse 6, this is He that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. And then dropping down to verse 8, And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. And so, if we receive the witness of men, that's the witness on earth, we might say, 
or just any witness of men. The witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which He hath testified of His Son. So, in other words, John is talking about the witness on earth, the Spirit, the blood, the water, that is, the Holy Spirit, the redemptive work, and baptism. They all agree. And then there are three that bear record in heaven. That is, bear record to the Son of God in heaven. Thus the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, they not only agree in one, they are one. They are one. And the Lord willing, we will take up verse 7 more specifically in our next lesson. I hope I haven't confused you too much. Well, I hope I haven't confused you at all. But anyway, it's very important that you see the, the connection of the three witnesses on earth and the three witnesses in heaven. And if you leave out the second part of verse 7, it doesn't make any sense. Because it says there are three that bear record in heaven, then it says there are three that bear record, that bear witness in earth. Well, who are the three in heaven? If it doesn't tell you in the latter part of verse 7. And if you leave out the latter part of verse 7, we don't know who the three are in heaven. You say, well, it would be obvious. It might be obvious. It might not be obvious. But Lord willing, we'll take up there next time. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank You for Your Word and we thank You for the, the overall continuity of the Word and the Scriptures all working together and showing how that the baptism of Jesus and His redemptive work and the witnessing of the Holy Spirit, all are in agreement. That Christ came into the world to save sinners. And He only came to redeem those whom the Father had given. But He came the way that was prophesied of Him by John in the baptism. Help us, our God, to love our Lord, to follow Him in all ways. And if there's one out there that wonders if they are to be baptized, if they are to be a follower of Christ, that's where it begins. That was the beginning of the ministry of Christ. That was the beginning of every believer in the New Testament with the one exception who was providentially hindered, the thief on the cross. Help us, our God, to serve you with all fullness. In Christ we pray. Amen.